You're listening to TIP. Welcome to the Millennial Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Clay Fink, and today is another release of our mini episode series that we send out to you all every Saturday. This is the episode where it is just me diving into a specific topic to help you become a better investor. On today's show, I'm going to be doing an intrinsic value assessment of Alphabet, in other words, Google, and what a fair value of the stock might be today. During this episode, I'm going to be using Alphabet and Google interchangeably, so please bear with me. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Millennial Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your hosts, Robert Leonard and Clay Fink, interview successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire the millennial generation. All right. If you guys have been following along with the show for a while, you guys know that I believe that Google is a pretty good buy today. For me, it really checks all the boxes. It has a strong and growing free cash flow base. It has a near impenetrable moat. It has a great management team. And in my opinion, it's trading at a fair price. If you haven't tuned into my previous episodes chatting about investing in tech companies in particular, Be sure to check those out. On episode 196, I chat with Adam Ziesel, where we cover what he looks for in tech companies. And in episode 201, I chat more about his book and his criteria for investing in tech. Adam Ziesel's book is called Where the Money Is, which covers value investing in the digital age. You guys know I'm a huge fan of it, so really had to plug it again here. From a high level, Alphabet is just a fantastic company. Much of its revenue comes from the advertising on Google search and YouTube. Google's ad revenue was $79 billion in 2016 and grew all the way to $209 billion in 2021. This is an annualized growth rate of 21% over that five-year period. 2021 was an exceptional year for Google search advertising as ad revenues grew by a whopping 42%. As for YouTube, ad revenue was $8 billion in 2017 and $28 billion in 2021. This is an annualized growth rate of 37% over that time period. And the growth rate in 2021 alone was 46% during the year. According to Statista.com, the digital advertising space is expected to grow at an 11% growth rate per year through 2026. The total addressable market for the digital advertising space is expected to grow from $521 billion all the way to $876 billion in 2026. So not only is Google gaining market share, but the overall pie is getting bigger and bigger for them each year as this secular trend from traditional advertising methods to digital advertising really takes hold. Another item I really like to look for in the companies I invest in is for the company to have a track record of return on invested capital being greater than 10%. Given that Google's cash flows have grown substantially over the years, it should come as no surprise that they have a great return on invested capital. According to our TIP finance tool on our website, return on invested capital has been over 20% over the past decade. If they can continue to have high return on invested capital like they have, then long-term investors should expect Google to deliver strong returns to shareholders. If you'd like easy access to TIP Finance, you can just go to tipstocktools.com and it will get you directed to that tool. Moving along, Google also has an exceptionally strong balance sheet. 
They have $134 billion in cash and cash equivalents, and their long-term debt is only $14 billion. Any sort of downturn in revenues or earnings, Google will most certainly be able to weather through. Also, having this amount of cash allows them to make purchases of companies that they believe can further improve their current business or potentially be a huge success in the long-term future. Google has made a ton of acquisitions since they've gone public. Most notably, they purchased YouTube for $1.65 billion in 2005. As I mentioned in the mini-episode about investing in tech companies, Alphabet owns a number of different business segments with over 1 billion users, giving them opportunities to grow revenues and earnings outside of just Google search, which currently drives most of their earnings today. One of the most important things that Adam Ziesel pointed out to look for in a company was to ensure that the company has a very strong moat. And Charlie Munger is even quoted saying that Google has one of the strongest moats he has ever seen. Adam Ziesel mentioned during my conversation with him that Microsoft spent $15 billion on Bing trying to compete with Google search, and they just couldn't do it. Google just completely dominates the search space. One newsletter I'm subscribed to is written by someone under the name of Value Stock Geek. He had a brilliant write-up on Google that digs more into the moat and just how powerful it is, as well as his overall analysis of the company. I really enjoyed reading up on it, so I'll be sure to link that in the show notes for you guys if you're interested in checking it out. I found it really valuable myself. With both Google and YouTube, Alphabet absolutely dominates the global search market in both text and video. Android is also a really valuable asset that Alphabet owns with over 1 billion users that has a really strong moat. As far as management goes, I like to think that Alphabet's managers think long-term and put the investor's best interest in mind. With the way the stock has performed over the last 10 years, it's hard to think that managers aren't working in shareholders' best interest. They invest in many of these moonshot projects that have the potential to be massive revenue generators many years into the future. Waymo is a good example of this, which develops technology for self-driving vehicles. Google Fiber is another example, which attempts to provide fast internet access. It's likely that some of these moonshot bets will pay off big time to help fuel future growth for the company. Having that strong balance sheet and increasing revenues allows them to continue to invest in these long-term projects. And of course, their free cash flow growth and share price appreciation has been just phenomenal over the past decade. Over the last decade, Google stock has appreciated at 21.2% per year. You know, your winners tend to keep on winning is almost my thesis with Google. Related to the moonshot projects I mentioned, Google has been just plowing money into research and development. In 2013, their R&D spending was $7 billion, and in 2021, that spending is now up to $31.5 billion, which is more than both Apple and Facebook when looking at some of the other tech companies out there. Now let's get to our intrinsic value assessment of Google. Now that we know that it's a really strong company, let's look at the numbers and see what we can expect for an expected return. I'm going to be using our TIP finance tool to determine what sort of return I would expect from Google at today's price. Again, if you want to check out TIP finance, you can just go to tipstocktools.com and I'll be using the tools on there to determine my own expected return. Now, one of the first things I see in our TIP finance tool when I look up Google is that many of what we call legend investors own the stock. I see seven investors listed in our legend investor section. 
Guy Spear, for example, has a 1% position in Alphabet. Michael Burry has a 9% position. Bill Miller, 3%. Bill Nigren, who I've had on the show, has nearly a 10% position. So seeing that many of the greatest investors in the world own this stock is a great sign to begin with as a retail investor. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. Like an adventure-ready RAV4, available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with the available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Hey guys, when it comes to financial advice, you've got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever credit card was in my wallet. But I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? A free flight to a bucket list destination? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and much more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Check out nerdwallet.com and start making smarter financial decisions. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. All right, back to the show. One of the most important assumptions to input into the tool is the free cash flow earnings to start with today, as well as the assumed growth rate over the next 10 years. I'm going to use their trailing 12-month free cash flows as my starting point. And to determine the assumed growth rate, I'm going to take a look at some of the historical figures. From 2012 through 2016, we saw substantial growth in the free cash flows from $2 billion up to $26 billion. Then they kind of stagnated a bit from 2016 to 2019 as they grew from $26 billion to $31 billion. Then with the COVID pandemic, revenues in free cash flows absolutely exploded for Google. Free cash flows grew from $31 billion in 2019 to $43 billion in 2020 to $67 billion in 2021. 
This makes it really difficult to project these out in the future as might be extended a little bit, but I think a lot of this revenue will be sticky and over the long term, their business most definitely will continue to grow. The trailing 12 months free cash flow is 65 billion and their current market cap is around 1.54 trillion. Dividing the free cash flows by the market cap, we get a free cash flow yield of 4.2%. After subtracting out the excess cash of 120 billion off the balance sheet from the market cap, that would give us a current free cash flow yield of roughly 4.6%. So to have one of the best businesses in the world yielding almost 5% right off the bat is pretty attractive to start in our analysis, given that they are growing so fast and still have a really long runway ahead of them. Theoretically, if free cash flows were to grow at 15% per year over the next three years, that would bring the free cash flows to 99 billion, which would give us a free cash flow yield of 7% based on today's market cap, excluding excess cash. That's one thing that Adam likes to do in his analysis is to use a reasonable growth rate over the next three years or so and to see what your yield would be on the company. Now, what I would want to do is access the IRR calculator in our TIP finance tool. Essentially, what this does is project out the cash flows into the future and gives you the investment return you can expect based on the free cash flows, assuming that you purchase the stock at today's price. To find that IRR calculator, I simply scroll down a bit on the fundamentals tab of TIP finance in the intrinsic value section. There's a little calculator you can click to pull up the IRR calculator. And for those not familiar, IRR stands for internal rate of return. So like I said, first I need to input an expected growth rate for Google over the next 10 years. To get an idea of what we can expect going forward, we can look at what we've seen in the past, like I mentioned, as well as what the overall industry is growing at. I mentioned earlier that the digital advertising space is growing at around 11% per year. I personally think a 15% growth rate is pretty reasonable for Google. It is slightly higher than what the overall industry is expected to grow at. So this assumes that Google will maintain their competitive position in the space, as well as utilize their economies of scale to help minimize cost as they grow and scale their business units. So essentially, I expect the revenues to grow faster than the expenses, which means they will become more profitable over time. Next, I need to input my starting point for future free cash flows. So I'm going to just use the trailing 12 months number in their financials, which is 65 billion. I'm going to leave the shares outstanding field as is, which is 13.17 billion shares, as they just recently had a stock split. If we were to buy the stock today at $117.47, and today is Monday, August 8th, at the time of this recording, it's being released a few days after this, we would expect a 9.9% annual return. Considering that the 10-year treasury rate today is 2.8%, this seems like a fairly attractive return in the stock market given the current market conditions. Next, I wanted to tweak a couple of the assumptions to see how the expected return changes. Let's say that instead of growing at 15% per year over the next decade, they grow at 10%. This changes the expected return in our calculator from 9.9% down to 7.0%. So as long as Google is able to maintain their competitive position in their larger business units and they capture the growth in the digital advertising space, which is around 11%, or 10% per year, I would expect us to at the very least 
receive a five to 7% return over the next 10 years. And that's very, very conservatively. I believe that's a very reasonable assumption that they're going to grow at 15% per year, given how strong their mode is and just the competitive position they have in the marketplace. Another tweak I wanted to make just to stress test our analysis a little bit, I wanted to see how the expected return changes should we see a further pullback in the stock price. Changing the expected growth rate back to 15% like we originally had it, let's imagine the stock decreased by 20% from today's price of 117.47, multiplying that by 0.8, which is a 20% decline. This will bring the stock price down to $93.98. Inputting this as the market price in our tool, this increases the expected return from 9.9% up to 12.1%. So assuming that the business isn't fundamentally changing and the long-term thesis of the business is still intact, then we should be taking advantage of any price drops in Google stock, given the investor wants to increase their position size in the company. And this is just to help give us an idea of Okay, how does our expected return change? Should we enter something like a depressionary type scenario and the stock really gets hammered as well as the overall market? So instead of getting a 9.9% expected return today and the stock price declined to $93.98, we would expect a 12.1% return given that the assumptions in our model don't change at all. Another item I like to look at is the enterprise value to EBIT ratio and how that's really changed over time. Currently, this ratio sits at around 17.5. With the exception of earlier in 2022, this ratio hasn't been this low since 2012. The only time this ratio dipped below 15 was during the 2007-2008 great financial crisis. So unless we see a substantial pullback in the free cash flows, which I don't really expect we will, there seems to be a really good margin of safety built into Google's current valuation. I would personally expect Google stock to compound at around 10% per year or more conservatively. And this isn't expecting any outlandish growth assumptions. And Value Stock Geek in his article also comes to the same conclusion that he expects the stock to compound at 10% or more per year for long-term investors. All right, that's all I had for you guys for today's episode. If you agreed or disagreed with my analysis or have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. My username is at Clay underscore Fink. That's at C-L-A-Y underscore F-I-N-C-K. I'm also starting to post some content and reels on Instagram, so feel free to give me a follow there. I'm at the username at clay.fink. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate all the support you guys have given me. It's been a lot of fun doing this analysis. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you for listening to TIP. Make sure to subscribe to We Study Billionaires by the Investors Podcast Network. Every Wednesday, we teach you about Bitcoin, and every Saturday, we study billionaires and the financial markets. To access our show notes, transcripts, or courses, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.